0: Welcome to the DC Films Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Sark, and I'm joined by my compatriots in the DC Films universe, Shana and Keith.
1: Oh, is that the part where we're supposed to say hi? <laughs> I got it so, wrong Santa. last time.
2: It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. I, I love uh, being part of the DC TV Podcast Network and 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 very honored to be on the DC Films Podcast.
0: Yes, I mean, that brings up an important point. Uh, this is your first time to be with us, Keith, and we welcome you. Thank you for being with us. My pleasure.
1: Yay, partners. Um,
0: so we have, uh, we have a lot of um, important things to discuss. Uh, the world is abuzz right now with talk of Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman has just been released um, this previous weekend, and all three of us have had a chance to see it, thank God and we're here to discuss it we're here to review it um talk about its impact um so there's a lot to not a lot to digest there's a maybe one other uh news item that we'll mention a little later but for right now let's hop into wonder woman so we've all seen it right
1: yep
2: multiple times
0: okay yeah so um so i'm interested let me get some feedback from everyone keith since you're this is your first time with us why don't you go first
2: Sure. Um I uh I definitely enjoyed the film. Um I've actually talked about it on a couple other podcasts <laughs> leading up to this one. I was just kinda gearing up for uh <laughs> being on the DC Films podcast. I will I will preface my um kind of reaction to your listeners um to say that I haven't always been th- the biggest fan of the D C Extended Universe movies. Um but Wonder Woman Head and Shoulders, my favorite of the DCEU. And I said this on Twitter coming out of my uh, first screening of the movie. Is I did a ranking, and I actually ranked Wonder Woman above The Dark Knight and Winter Soldier. And um, uh, the, the first Superman movie, as, in mm-hmm. terms of like my favorite super uh, superhero movies of all time, could be recency bias, but I... I was enamored walking out of the, that screening. So, needless to say, huge fan of the movie.
0: Uh, well, apparently so. So you, you gave us some insight into what some of your number one, your top tier films. <laughs> uh, so you're saying it really surpassed even many or all of those.
2: Yeah, I would say so. I mean, in ter- just in terms of like the sheer joy you, f- you feel mm-hmm. as you watch it. Um, yeah. There was, you know, the last time I, and and, and even if the, the, you know, just kind of that visceral sense of like, oh my God, this is, this is just an amazing experience. Um, And we'll, we'll probably get into, you know, more spoilery, although at this point, who hasn't seen the movie, but we might get into the more spoilery aspects in a minute. But, you know, the no man's land scene, I think, you know, I teared up both times and not just because, not that it was a sad scene, but just the emotion the 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 combination of the score and diana kind of like leading the charge and and it was just it was just a powerful experience and even if even if like you know cuz most movies i come out of i'm like that was the best movie i'd ever seen but like this was the first time i was <laughs> like that might be i mean there's a lot of there's some things that you can definitely nitpick about or criticize in this movie which which i i think is is true but just as a visceral experience, it was definitely my favorite in a long time.
0: Well, good. Yeah. I love hearing that. Um, Shayna. Um, so tell me, you know, you're the one female in our midst today. So I'm really curious to hear your perspective.
1: Yeah. Everybody knows I'm picky. I am super picky about my DC films. This film is, is amazing. Like, I haven't liked a DC film like this since Batman
0: 89. And <laughs> like,
1: I was, like, amazed. Like, I was on the edge of my seat in the movie theater with my friends, and all my friends are huge DC fans. And I'm like, I'm like, this is awesome. And I'm like, I don't even know all that much about Wonder Woman. And I was like, wow, can't believe how little I did know about Wonder Woman. I'm, like, insane right now. And I'm like, holy crap. Like, I was totally speechless by the end of the movie because I didn't know what to say. Because I was, like, so taken aback and, like, so in awe of it. And especially Mm -hmm. the whole No Man's Land thing. Because I was seeing things about it before I went to see it. And I'm like, what's going on with this? What's this all about? And then I see it and I'm like, oh. Oh, holy crap. Oh, my God. This is amazing. Like, what?
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, listening to your comments, both of you. Like, Keith, you know, as I was listening to you speak, it brought back to my mind the word euphoria. There was a euphoric reaction that I had um, watching the film. And the funny thing is, and this to me is the sign of a good film, um, or at least it's the sign of a film that you enjoy, um, that euphoria, it peaked, it felt like numerous times throughout the movie. Like, there were things to get excited about. And I am not a crazed Wonder Woman fanboy. Um, and then, Shayna, I have to agree, like, I was just shocked at, I, I'm like you, I think maybe in a similar sense, not knowing that much. You know, I had a, had a vague familiarity with, with the mythology behind Wonder Woman and her origins. Um, but this was fleshed out so well. Um, it was just crafted so well. Um, okay so here I, I, obviously you can tell' I'm, I'm a big fan of the film now um so uh, it was a real special occasion for us uh, when I say us I'm referring to my fiance I've referenced her on the uh, on the show before and uh, her name is Benita and when we met uh, she just so kind of rocked my world um, that I attributed to her the title Wonder Woman you know and I'm sure I'm not the first guy to ever do that with The woman in his life. But we've had this ongoing playful thing between us where she says, you know, you're my Batman. And I say, well, you're my Wonder Woman. And uh, we've just kind of run with it. And I know it sounds really goofy (laughs) and cute. And and it really is. And uh, and so when we realized, wait a minute, hey, there's a Wonder Woman film coming up. She was on board, uh, which I love this. In fact, I have to I have to almost say this Um, when we met. She found out quickly that Batman was my thing and boy oh, this is the sign of a woman of your dreams. She asked me probably about the second date. She said, Is there um is there any way that I could kind of get in on what you like and learn about it? Like are there some films that are current that I don't know about? And I said, Are there films that are current? So so I schooled her on Man of Steel and we watched that for two weeks straight, I think, just learning to digest it, and she was learning about the the background of Superman. Then by that point, Batman v. Superman was released, and we spent like two, two and a half weeks discipling her on that film, and then by that point, Suicide Squad was released in theaters, and that was the first movie that we kind of went, DC film, we went to the theater to see. So she has been immersed ever since in the world of batman and dc films in general so she was hyped she really wanted to see wonder woman so when we we went um what an amazing day day we had and the the theater was filled with females now that was one of the first things that i think any dc uh sensitive dc fan needs to be excited about there were girls everywhere and of all ages and you could hear i don't know about your experiences but i remember at key points in the film you could hear the collective gasps and sighs and even tears of the women in the audience I and mean, we went with a good crowd that always can you know make the experience a lot more fun uh, but it was an amazing event to be there and to to share the experience with all of those women in the same room and then to leave after watching my fiance just delight with what she was seeing, we get in the car and I say, All right, so what'd you think about the film? I already knew, but I wanted to hear some elaboration. What did you think about the film? She said, I feel so empowered you know, and she said it with such vivacity. And it made me happy. It made me happy to see her feel like she could tackle anything in her in her existence that she might have to face. Now, I'm trying not to be all metaphysical and philosophical, but I think this is what we're seeing. Um, the media hype surrounding the film has been incredible, and I'm hoping we touch on that too. But the film, in a nutshell, absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing film. And uh, and I'm not that big of a, a Wonder Woman fan, personally. I just, I love that she has an attachment to Batman. Um, but this, this made me a thing.
2: No, I, I I agree. I think um, you know I speak for my DCTV Classics co-hosts Desiree and Brittany that they are huge Wonder Bat fans. So to hear that you and your <laughs> fiance are uh, <laughs> a real life Wonder Bat, I think that's a shout out to Brittany and Desiree. Uh, no, I, I I think I had a similar experience in the sense that like you know both screenings were like packed uh, houses, and I took my daughter to the second one, and she was you know she's she's nine and. She loved every minute of it. You know, we were on the walk home from the theater. We were kind of likening scenes to, you know, things for Little Mermaid and Moana. Then there was actually a great thread on Twitter where some where someone took gifts from uh, Wonder Woman and and paired it with lyrics from the the Moana film, <laughs> and they lined oh, up really cool. well, actually. Uh, also shout out to. Uh, Hawaii Tran Bui of um slash film who who wrote an article about how the, the the thing about the Wonder Woman movie that made it so successful is that it was essentially a live action Disney princess movie. Which is a great article you guys should look <laughs> up. Uh but no, I think I think you hit the nail on the head in terms of like this is a kind of film that you need to experience with a crowd because, you know, not not often do you have movies where people spontaneously erupt in applause but that happened in several key scenes in the movie and then, you know awesome kind of like no man's land was probably the the most where where she f- you know puts on the tiara and she tells steve like i'm going to do something and the whole theater erupts in just like a, an ovation and then you know it's followed by one of the best awesome scenes in all of like comic book history i think just the, from from the emergence one woman emerging from the trench, all the way through, destroying the steeple. I think is probably the best sequence in any movie. <laughs> I will, I will c- come at me. I will. I will fight you. <laughs> I will defend <laughs> that statement. That 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 whole what is it? Fifteen minute sequence. I'll put it up there with like, you know, the the shark and Jaws. Man, that was that was such a visceral like. Oh. amazing experience that that uh to you know to just witness you know uh, there's so many things like from a filmmaking perspective kind of like the contrast of like her her outfit in that drab kind of you know environment and 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 the mm-hmm. way she moves i mean it was just then the music and then and then when they get to the village her her theme from batman versus superman really kicks in um yeah it was it was, and and I, I, I'm probably more of a Wonder Woman fanboy than than the both of you, then, because, you know, um, I've I've been a fan of the character, uh, from the comics, you know, of course, Susan Eisenberg's iconic turn on Justice League, mm-hmm. uh, Susan Eisenberg, who was a guest on DC TV Classics. You guys should look find that episode and listen to it
0: you're
2: kidding um, that's awesome yeah man. yeah susan susan's been we we're we're trying to make our way through the justice league on uh dctv classics we've talked to susan and we've talked to phil Lamar, who played uh green lantern we're trying to get everybody else yeah. um but no i've I've saw and you know gail simone's run on the comics uh greg rucka's run on the comics of course is the george perez run on the comics are our, some of the best um story wonder woman source if you if you're not familiar with her comic history i would suggest that you uh look for you know the rebirth comics right now that greg rucka is writing are are amazing um gail simone's run is amazing with art by bernard chang i wasn't a huge fan of the new 52 wonder woman but cliff chang's art uh is of co- like without saying amazing uh, so, you know, just look at the pretty pictures, but the Azarello <laughs> story. I'm a
1: fan of the New 52 anything. That's, yeah,
2: that's, I'm, I'm with you on there, Shayna. <laughs> the new 52 anything is is basura in
0: my eyes. Um, right. Well, okay, so d- just hearing the two of you say that, it brings to my mind something that I noticed when we were all first discussing our reactions. We've got a lot of diversity. I mean, we all love D.C. So we have some things in common, obviously, but we have a lot of diversity in our midst in terms of like even how our viewpoints about various things or or what we're what we're into, the facets of D.C. life that we're into. Um, Some of us may be more into comics others may be more into other media. But one thing that I thought was interesting is I, I see that we are all three of differing opinions about comic book movies in general but yet here on this one topic it sounds like there is a lot of agreement so i think that's important to point out you know that that you have people who who see the other dc films and maybe even other you know i know this is not a marvel podcast but other comic book films such as marvel um see them in different ways and are interested in interested in them to varying degrees but here on this one topic, we're all in agreement that, wow, what a mind-blowing film. So I think that's important to highlight.
1: So was it just me, or did anybody else notice in one scene their revamped Wonder Woman theme, and it was awesome?
0: I'll tell you what I recall. Um, the, the one thing that I was really struck by, I love that theme, you know, and the way that it shows up in Batman v Superman. So I was looking forward to them utilizing it um but they did what I would have wanted them to do they didn't use it too much and uh so when they used it you knew oh this is a special moment brace yourself you know get ready and i would you know the hair would be standing up on the back of my neck and um but yes we were hearing we were hearing more of the theme and then it was utilized in different ways so i don't know if i'm answering your question but I, i'm what i'm trying to say is yes i think there were times where, like, we were hearing nuances that we had not heard in Batman v. Superman. But is that what you're getting at, basically?
1: Uh, I wish I could remember what exactly scene it was. But it's like you're sitting there and you're listening to the music and you realize they revamped the old 70s Wonder Woman theme song.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, I you're talking that. about that and it's one. like,
1: what? Because me and my friends looked at each other huh? like, did they really just do that? And it's like, holy crap, they did
0: so you okay so you're saying that you you heard elements of the old 70s theme that were somehow merged in to the soundtrack at some point.
1: Oh yeah, they like took it and revamped it and made it like oh. newer and cooler and it's like but when you hear it it's like you still hear like bits of that old 70s tune. And it's like oh my
0: god, throwback. Oh, I have to listen to that. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I didn't pick I, up I didn't, on
2: like I didn't either. I I saw it twice and I haven't uh Recall, y'all are
0: making me want to see this again. Well, so yeah, I'm going on Father's Day. I the, just I'm putting it out there. I'm going on Father's Day.
2: Yeah, definitely look out for the for the old Wonder Woman theme. Uh, not to constantly keep plugging my other podcast, but we we actually discuss um, some of our favorite DC TV themes from the past, and the Wonder Woman theme definitely <laughs> ranked high. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I I you would think I would have caught you know like a reference to like you know get us out from under wonder woman but um
1: like there's no words it's just the tune
2: but speaking of the music i think the other thing that really sets wonder woman apart from not just the other dc movies but like you were saying sorry comic book movies in general you know batman 89 i think shana mentioned earlier is one of her like kind of formative superhero movies you know the the the, the the original Richard Donner Superman movie like the thing that those films had were iconic themes right you had like any, anyone can if you hummed Danny Elfman's Batman theme today everyone would recognize it if you hum mm-hmm. John Williams score instantly you know it's Superman and I do si-
1: more than hum it it's my ringtone <laughs> there
2: you go right but the thing is like mm-hmm. think what is what is Captain America's theme what's Spider Man's yeah. theme.
0: Right? I've had this discussion with other people. Yeah, like you can't. Generally, as a rule of thumb, I think Batman has had a consistent track record. Yeah. Like, oh, I love things.
2: I love the Hans Zimmer Dark Knight trilogy music. But I, yeah, I, for the like, for the life of me, I can't hum a single track. You know uh, what I mean? Like,
0: probably because I've I've listened to it so much, I I've got it drilled into my brain. Sure, and sure. I think that on a different level, it may be as iconic as some of the earlier stuff, but. Um, but there's yeah, that signature,
2: the signature tune, right? Like the, yeah. da 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 da, that's Batman. And then like, dun da, 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 mm-hmm. is super. Well, that wasn't Superman at all. Hold on.
0: It's <laughs> like, wait, I got to think about this.
2: that. Was, that was Indiana Jones. That's not Superman. That's Superman, I'm- right? But now the thing that Wonder Woman has that like no other superhero has at the moment is an instantly iconic theme. You know, like as soon as that electric yeah, cello yeah, kicks in. You know who's on mm-hmm. screen. And that's that yeah. kind of leitmotif, I think. That's what makes superhero movies so great. That's what makes those kinds of like, that's what makes them iconic. That, you know, once you've established the iconic theme, then you can make derivatives like like the Dark Knight theme or the Man of Steel theme, which, you know, sure. are great on their, on their own, but not instantly recognizable as, say, like a John Williams theme. But Wonder Woman has that. And that's pretty cool, too.
0: Yeah, she. I, I think you're right. She probably has the most recognizable theme currently. Um, and the, you know, this goes back here. I'm always talk about shameless plugs. I'm always going to go back to Batman v Superman because I still love the film. And so we get that first taste of Wonder Woman, this particular character, and the introduction of her theme song there. And I remember hearing, like, I think it was the the week afterward. Um, after the release of the movie, my son, who really keeps his finger on the pulse of entertainment news in general, um, he called me up and he said, Dad, you know, I, you, you love that Wonder Woman theme. And he said, you know, that right now it's like the number one most downloaded tune on iTunes, um, just her theme." Um, and so I thought, wow, that does mean it's making an impression on people. Yeah. So for over a year, we've known that people really have attached themselves to that theme. In fact, uh, it is the ringtone for my Wonder Woman, so I know when she's calling, so I've been listening to it for close to a year now, and uh, it went off at work the other day, and a coworker, he just froze, and he looked at me, and he said, what's that? I said, oh, that's, uh, that's my fiancé. She's calling, I said, and that's her ringtone. It's the theme. So here I start elaborating, you know. It's the theme song uh, from uh, Batman v. Superman, specifically for Wonder Woman. He said, no, 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 no. I know that. I love that song. He said, that's amazing. That's your ringtone. you know." So he, he recognized it. And um, and I think that's in general kind of a, a, a little snapshot of the way people are responding to the music. So, yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And, of course, that's what helps to make this film such an amazing experience because of the way it was utilized.
1: I could get technical, though, because I just thought about it. For my generation, us 90s kids, when we think of Spider-Man, though, we think of the old 90s cartoon Spider-Man theme
0: song. Oh, okay.
2: I know the old X-Men cartoon theme. What's the Spider-Man cartoon? I mean, I know the Spider-Man cartoon theme from the 60s, I think.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. That was closer to my time. (laughs) So, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Sing us a few bars, Shayna. How does it go?
1: No idea.
0: Oh. See that's not, <laughs> it's like
1: in my head, but it's so like heavy guitar, it's like you almost can't like hum it or sing it.
2: But the X Men, the X Men had a hummable one, man. They had the da 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 No one tuned into this podcast to hear Keith nineties like, cartoon themes. I apologize.
1: No, that is a perfectly now, fine. That is what different. we do all the time. Listen to old 90s cartoon themes.
0: All right, so here, I'm, I'm wanting to run with this conversation just a little bit because um, you mentioned your, you took your 9-year-old daughter. I'm like, oh, my God, that is so cool. My, my little girl is now um, about to turn 28 in a couple of months. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I would have loved to have been able to, to have taken her. Now, she's going to be taking me, I think, on Father's Day um, with her brother. Uh, and so I'm insisting that we all see this film together, yeah. but so tell me about her reaction. Um, tell us about, uh, yeah. you know, any, any, did she bring up how she felt? Um, did, did, just any, so here's a, it's
2: funny, right? Cause I think I was talking to someone about this the other day that, I mean, no, she loved the film, and she's been, she's actually a huge Wonder Woman fan, right? Like, she's, she's got, it was, she was Wonder Woman for Halloween when she was four years old, and, um, she's, she loves the DC superhero girls, um, the toys and the, and the comics and the, um, animated webisodes, and so, like, she, she's very familiar with Wonder Woman, and, and, you know, was really looking forward to it, and like I said, when we were walking home from the, from the movie, we were, we were talking about it, but, I think the thing that was interesting to me is that because she's only 9, the 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 enormity of the fact that Wonder Woman was on screen was a little bit lost on her because you know for 40 oh. years we'd been the world had like you said been aching to see uh, such a you know superheroine on the screen that it it filled what? this void and what's mm-hmm. amazing is the void that she doesn't have, right? She <laughs> right. She's gro- this is her growing up with uh uh you know a powerful superhero f- a woman on screen that that's that's a huge hit and it's kind of like kids who were born in the Obama era and have only known a black president right like she's <laughs> it's oh, not it, as amazing yeah. like so she's only known mm. like a world in which like yeah of course it makes sense to have a wonder woman movie <laughs> you know so that's kind of right. that's kind of a cool thing that um for her it, it's not a big deal it's I mean, it's a big deal because it's Wonder Woman, but it's not a big and it's and she has someone to look up to, but you know what I mean like that the kind of um that void was never there for her.
1: It's like that generational gap because even like for my generation, we only had cartoons and stuff. We didn't have like a live action anything hmm. really. I mean, our live action poison Ivy was terrible. <laughs> we had no Harley Quinn that was only like animated. We only had, like, the 70s Wonder Woman and, like, the Justice League cartoon. It's like, well, we didn't really have a lot.
0: Yeah, it, it is so funny how each generation can view it a little differently. Like, so, it's you're you're seeing it from your perspective. like, well, this doesn't seem to be as much. You know, we've got some things. But my generation, even though I wasn't really into the DC scene, I was aware that things were going on. There was an animated thing here, and there'd be a film here or there. Um and we're thinking, oh my God, who, who would have ever thought we'd have all this you know, around? Because we're growing up in the era where uh, the Batman TV series was uh, the only was a, becoming a distant memory. You know, and you're watching it on reruns, and then of course, Adventures of Superman, and uh, and, and of course, Wonder Woman didn't last terribly long, uh, um, but it it quickly became a distant memory. So it seemed like there were just years where there was hardly anything, and so, yeah, I think you're right, Keith, that um, those of us who have a, a few years on us of varying degrees, we're, we're like, wow, you know, what a moment to see her on the big screen and in such a powerful, well-executed way. Um, by the way, speaking of well-executed, what about that Patty Jenkins? Wow, wow. Um, I don't even know what to say. Like I'm the entire time I'm watching the movie, I'm thinking, who is this woman that has directed this film? This is incredible. And Shana, wasn't it on one previous podcast that someone tossed out Patty Jenkins' name as a possibility that of someone that they would like to see direct a Batman solo film one day? Didn't didn't that happen? Or am I dreaming that?
1: I think it was on Twitter. Well, I think it was one of us or someone said, like, because I know I had said, DC, keep doing this. Just do exactly everything the same. Use the same writers, the same director for everything.
0: I swear we, like, it, like, entered into our conversation. I don't know who brought it up or who we would attribute that to. But I remember thinking, oh, well, that's an interesting choice. But I wasn't familiar with any of her work. After seeing this, I would love to see a solo Batman film directed by Patty Jenkins. I would love to see what she would do with one.
2: Uh, She'd be amazing, in fact. Um, You know, she's only... The thing about Patty Jenkins is that she's only had one other film, feature film, before Wonder Woman. And it was a movie called Monster that came out in 2003. It actually won Charlize Theron the Oscar in 2003. It was a critically acclaimed film. It was a masterful film. And but for you know because Hollywood is Hollywood, Patty Jenkins didn't work again after mm-hmm. after directing an Oscar-winning film for thirteen Dude, years. And, wow. and Wonder Woman is actually her only her second feature film, and that just shows you how you know messed up Hollywood can be. But I agree. I think yeah. I think you know instead of I, mean, I would first of all let me just put it out there, Patty Jenkins Wonder Woman to make it happen. But I would yeah, give absolutely. Patty Jenkins the keys to the kingdom. For the whole extended universe, I would love to see her do Man of Steel too. To be honest, because you know Wonder Woman, probably my favorite Superman movie at this point. <laughs> there, there are pieces of this film I was like, "Wow, I want to see I want to see Patty Jenkins do a Superman movie." The that whole homage to uh to the Richard Donner movie when when Diana saves Steve Trevor in the alley,
0: beautiful. It
1: was wonderful.
0: Uh, yeah, you're showing your your knowledge of. Of the Richard Donner film. Um, so that's interesting. I didn't pick up on that. Okay, so I'm going to have to look for that when I go back.
2: The, the Oh, the So if you remember the Richard Donner movie when Clark and Lois are walking the streets of Metropolis. And it's, I think, their first meeting after they first met at the at the planet. A mugger, you know, get, pulls him in an alley. And he pulls a gun on him. And he shoots them. But, you know, Clark catches the bullet and saves Lois from the mugger. Um, oh yeah, and so that yes. scene was echoed when when the German spies uh, corner Steve and Diana in the alley. Yeah, and she ends up, but but the reverse though is like you know she's the one who saves him because uh, Steve mm-hmm. Trevor is Lois Lane throughout the movie. And um, right,
0: exactly. Yes, yes, <laughs> he is. Um. Yeah. Okay. I'm so glad you pointed that out. That's something else to look for. Oh God, to mine these films for everything that's in them. Um. <laughs> That's awesome, I and hey, another topic that I want to touch on uh and please if we if we get away from something and you haven't had a chance to chime in, reel me in, but things are coming to my mind, like um, I'm curious to hear Shana, your reaction to the fight sequences because when I was watching, you know, we saw a lot of slow motion stuff too that I thought was really done well, um yeah, in my humble opinion. They were just captivating to watch, and as I was watching i'm I'm thrilled with the athleticism, and I do mean that um, just the athleticism and the grace graceful movements of her body as she would be in midair and you know then there would be the the foot to the, someone's neck or she would be stepping over things and leaping and bounding and it was it was fluid in a way that. You know, obviously, males fighting are not going to be. At least that was my perception. I thought, this is this is a thing of beauty. But never once, and this is why I'm wanting your opinion, never once did it seem to me like anything was sexualized. And I thought that was impressive.
1: I really wish that my boyfriend Dan could have went to see it with me because he is a fight choreographer. Mm-hmm. So, like... I could only take what I've learned from him and what I've known when I watch these films. And I thought it was perfectly executed and very well done. And I didn't see anything sexual at all. Like, nothing ever came to my mind of that
0: whatsoever. Yeah, and I think maybe I was... I didn't think I was looking for it, but it was at that moment I thought, I love what I'm seeing, and it's not because... It is a female form. It's just well done, and it it was just a thing of beauty. It really was, um, and, and again, not from like a, a sexual perspective. Um, and the reason I think that is important to note, at least to me it is, is that Wonder Woman, unfortunately, like so many female characters throughout the years, I mean, we know that there's been this history of you know, men, males drawing the female form in such a way as if. It almost seems to, to you know stimulate the libido of, of, of either young men or maybe even older men, which is really creepy when you think about it. but <laughs> But here, I, I've just been so impressed with everything in relation to um, kind of those past perceptions. I mean, I think her attire is tasteful. You know, they, there's, there's kind of the, the common trope you know, that you're going to get like everybody's just enthralled with her beauty. You know, in the movie, all the males are like, "Wow!" But it was all—I hope I'm not overstating it. It was—it was done with almost a, a wide-eyed, "Oh wow, she's so pretty." Kind of rather than, mm, "Look at her." You know, it wasn't—it wasn't lewd. I—I I never thought it was lewd or distasteful.
2: Well, I think that goes that that you know goes back to what we were talking about in the last segment, and that's all Patty Jenkins because I think the importance mm-hmm. of having a director like Patty. Or, or, or why it was so important to have a woman direct the movie is that like as you're alluding to sark it, it eliminates the male gaze because that's the thing you're describing is this you know um tendency in in film and, and any visual medium that's 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 created by men tends to tends to objectify or you know uh uh sexualize or you know um the the female form. And I think what's so great about this movie in particular, and beyond just how Diane is photographed, because unfortunately, you know, most of the film, Diane is the only woman on screen, but like the first third of the movie that sets, that's set on Themyscira, what's what's amazing about that whole sequence is, you know, what you're saying writ large, where you have hundreds of women on screen doing different things. See, what, what's great, what I loved about the Themyscira scenes is that you had all types of women you had all types of body sizes all shades all uh you know different different perspectives um and they weren't all they weren't all necessarily just warriors because you had warriors you had people training but you also had you know tutors and nurses and and caretakers it was it was a complete fully formed society um and and not once where you know was there a a suspect camera move that just you know was there to show you you know like you said to arouse young men's libidos, right? That that wasn't the point. And that's what that's why I think, you know, it's important to have women be behind the scenes on these movies because that's that's how you eliminate that kind of like salaciousness that that just tends to tends to just be there, just to be there. You know, there was a lot of criticism, yeah. for example, last year, of, like, the way Harley was portrayed in Suicide Squad because of that, you know.
1: God, don't get me started.
2: <laughs> but that's but that's the main difference, right? That's that's kind of why, why I kind of want, you know, no offense to David Ayer fans, I would like to see a female director do the Gotham City Sirens movie because mm-hmm. I think there's the possibility <laughs> that, uh, you know, because anyone who's watched Batman the Animated Series, has been dying for an Harley and Ivy movie Uh since time immemorial. Uh Yes. You know what I mean? So if we could get, like, imagine, we were talking about all the, this is why I said give Patty Jenkins the keys to the kingdom. Let her direct Gotham Mm -hmm. Sirens. Like,
1: like, just let her go. (laughs) Can you imagine
2: a Harley Harley and Ivy movie that's not subject to the male gaze? That would be amazing.
1: I would love it.
0: Shane, I gotta say something. I'm really glad Keith is with us. Um, you know, he's given me several phrases just to steal. I'm gonna co-op those things. <laughs> oh, Eliminate male gaze. That's awesome. That is I awesome.
1: Male gaze.
0: I've, I've just stolen that. You didn't even realize it.
2: Go for it. It's not mine to steal, so <laughs> feel free. Well,
1: like I think Patty did a very great job at not over sexualizing Wonder Woman because at the same time, like in our time, we look at her often and we're like, oh, that's no big deal. Whatever, but then in the movie they pointed out, especially like Steve was like, "Oh man, we gotta get you some different clothes." Like <laughs> people staring at her, it's like we need yeah. to get you something more conspicuous. You are yeah, I thought this. that
0: was, I thought that was so well done because really what that does too is it highlights um, the uh, the mores of the time. I mean that would have been out, you know, completely revealing, you know, whoa, hey, whoa. Really I see. outrageous, Bye. you're
1: basically out here naked.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. And so I, I thought that was great in keeping it a period piece, you know. It made you feel like, yes, we are in 1918. Um, okay, 1918, wow. This brings up an important point. This is a This is a personal thing for me. I love anything that, whether it was intended to do this or not, Anything that helps validate the existence of Batman v Superman, and I love the the way that the the beginning and the ending were the parentheses to the entire movie, where you're in modern times, and, and you know she receives the original, not just an e-copy, but uh, the original that Bruce Wayne has gone to the effort of, you know, securing for her. And then I guess it really threw me a curveball. Maybe I'm I'm not good at noticing the obvious, but seeing that moment captured on film in the movie. Like now we get to see that, you know, know, I was intrigued when Batman v Superman came out. And there's that moment, of course, where he's able to get through the encrypted the encrypted uh, software and data and, uh, and and see find the photo that she's looking for. And he's intrigued. It, you know, has that like what is that called? Like a sepia tone to it, and it's from 1918. And he's he's extremely fascinated with what he sees. From that moment, I thought, oh my god, look at that! This probably cast members from the film itself, and certainly it was. And so we got to see the backstory behind that. I love the way that they're linking the films together in, I think, very subtle ways and very effective ways too.
1: Except for the end, because I completely bawled. Like, I was crying at the end, because I was like, no, they didn't just do that, no.
0: So, now, I know this is, I'm assuming that people have seen the film that are listening to this. Why would you listen to a podcast that reviews a film unless you've actually seen it? So, just in case, you don't want to be spoiled, you know, mute, mute it now or turn it off and come back and listen later. But so which which scene are you speaking of specifically?
1: Oh, my God. When Steve Trevor dies, man, when he just has yeah. to die. And I'm like in the movie theater just freaking crying because I was yeah, like, no, that's not Steve.
0: Yeah. So moving. So moving. Hey, now, you know, I tend to not like when podcasts speculate, like t- because usually when it's done, I, in my opinion, it's like done way too much you know you'll listen to a 60-minute podcast and 50 minutes of it you know you have people talking about what they think could happen next week on the same episode you know that kind of thing drives me insane but a little bit is okay like now just between us if they wanted to resurrect the character did either of you ever think like i did for that moment like oh god well You've got the Flash in the universe, and so the possibility of some time travel exists. Did did that thought occur to anyone else? I'm not saying they should do that or they shouldn't do that. No, they should,
1: oh, they, I should cast, was gonna happen.
2: they should cast Chris Pine as uh, Steve Trevor Jr., just like they did. Similar to
0: the way in <laughs> the TV series. <laughs> like
1: Patty Jenkins has already revealed she has a way of bringing him back.
0: Oh, really? I didn't read oh, that. Yep. I, I
2: did, did not you read see that. All the good stuff. You know, I kind of hope they don't though, because like, I mean, Gadot and Chris Pine have such great on-screen chemistry, and I don't know if anyone's seen the gif of um of of Gal Gadot staring at Chris Pine and like biting her lip.
1: Yes, it's so, <laughs> so awful. Awesome. So
2: clearly, they have off-screen chemistry as well. But um, you know, as as much as I love their chemistry on on. On, and, I, you know, to be honest, I didn't think I would. I didn't, you know, I wasn't sure, you know, because Chris Pine's just such a, to play it such a, you know, minor is not the right word, but like a side character to cast someone of his ilk. I was a little worried that maybe he would overshadow her or they would make the Steve Trevors, but he, he really fits in neatly as like the love interest and they have amazing yeah. chemistry. But at that, having said all of that, part of me kind of doesn't want him to come back because... You know his as as Shayna alluded, his death is so meaningful at the end. And and to be honest, the end of the movie is my least favorite part, like the fight with Ares, when it becomes kind of like for my. Th- you know, since I'm new to the podcast, I should probably put this disclaimer. Almost every single comic book movie that I love, and I the comic book movie genre is my favorite genre of film, <laughs> which sounds kind of silly when I say it out loud, but <laughs> but. As much as I love comic book superhero movies, I don't think I've ever liked the third act of any of them. <laughs> and this is true, too, because I just felt like the Ares fight was the least effective part of the whole movie, but the Steve Trevor's sacrifice kind of saves it for me, right? Like, that's the thing that makes okay. the third act, you know, where like where, where kind of forgives the stuff I have a problem with in the third act. And to, like, to kind of erase that or to, like reverse that i feel like would cheapen the the third act of of wonder Woman, which which as, as and I, I agree that like the the connections to the overall universe are subtle and that it actually works as a standalone movie you know that's what kind of that's kind of its appeal as well that you don't have to necessarily have seen the other movies to to feel something watching this i kind of don't want them to bring steve trevor back is that bad
0: No, <laughs> well, i i really i understand yeah I like Chris Pine. I don't know what it is about him. It, to me, he's an eminently likable kind of of individual. And so so no matter what, <laughs> well, I wasn't really thinking that, but that's funny. <laughs> but when he plays a character, I always end up liking the character, even if the character, like I think his James T. Kirk has, you know, a little swagger to him, you know, that we didn't see in, in Steve Trevor. Um, but I always end up liking his character. And so when I heard he was signed on, I was like, "Oh my god, you're kidding. DC has Chris Pine. That's awesome." So I figured he would do a good job. I'm really happy for his success, too. Um, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah, the, you used a good word, cheapen. You know, does it would it cheapen? If they chose to bring him back in some capacity, um I I wouldn't hate it, but I do I think you have a valid point. Yeah. Um And and another way that they could utilize him where we could enjoy more of that chemistry would be in, you know, some kind of flashback scene um, where she's remembering something. So, you know, there's that part of me that would like to see something like that, too. But, yeah, I know that's speculative. Well, speaking
2: of flashbacks and speaking of character deaths in Wonder Woman, and I guess this kind of counts as as like a newsy item. Uh, But it was revealed that Robin Wright and Connie Nielsen were reprising their roles as Hippolyton and Tyopee in Justice League. So um, that probably shows that there may be flashback sequences in Justice League. And I think in the trailer, in in that first Justice League trailer, there is a quick scene on Themyscira, if I recall correctly. So somehow, either it's a flashback to Themyscira, or they somehow incorporate... The mascara into into whatever the narrative of Justice League is. So, mm-hmm. so we will be seeing you know dead characters uh, in in Justice League. So maybe <laughs> maybe there is a chance that uh, Steve Trevor comes back. The other thing though about um, his his resurrection would would be weird. Is that I think they've uh, acknowledged that any sequel would still be a period piece. I don't think they would make the sequel in modern times. Yeah. And and if that's the case, oh, okay. if that's the case, then. What she says to Bruce at, the, what she emails back to Bruce at the end of Wonder Woman wouldn't make sense because she thanks him for bringing, you know, Steve back to her, or something like that. She writes like, "Thank you oh, for bringing okay. him back to me." So if they kind of like, hit, you know, linked up again thirty years later after World War One, it would be weird if, um, uh, you know,
0: yeah,
1: well, this don't make no yeah.
0: sense. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, i had forgotten that line. In fact, yeah. Uh, so,
2: but unless unless the sequel takes place in the modern time, and then like you know maybe maybe Steve Trevor, you know, got frozen on ice, and they and they unfreeze him and, and <laughs> inject him <laughs> with super there serum.
0: You go, there you go.
1: Oh, I'm like totally on board with you though, Keith, about the whole like third act Ares thing,
0: mm.
1: but for a different reason. Like I spied, I figured it out, like who Ares was and everything, and then I, I was done from there because I'm like Professor Lupin. Yep. I, I just, thought he was going to turn into see, a werewolf. Man. <laughs> I'm like, you're a good guy. You're a defense against the dark arts teacher. You don't do evil things.
2: <laughs> My um, thing was, like, why did, why did, like, actual, you know, Greek god Ares also look like Professor Lupin? <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Like, like what? <laughs> if you're going to flash back to, like, the actual god, you didn't have to make it. Lupin <laughs> with the with the
1: <laughs> made look different yeah
2: with the stuffy British you know mustache no less like was, come on I know I'm like, what? that's not what Aries look like come on <laughs> no
1: that's not what Aries looks like at all I was happy though about the um what, what's the word I'm looking for I guess the relevance and like the accuracy of all the outfits and everything mm-hmm. with World War One. <laughs> Because my boyfriend's a World War One uh, reenactor, <laughs> and uh, he reenacts for the Germans. Oh wow! So I'm like, oh my god, look how accurate these uh, outfits are, these costumes. Oh my god, they even got the Iron Cross right. I'm like, oh, attention to detail.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that, they that add so much they weight and credibility, believability to the to the film as you're watching it. Yeah, it makes you feel like you're there. Um, um, he, well, before before a... we
2: move on, before we move on, since Shane yeah. mentioned World War One, quick trivia note: uh, Wonder Woman is currently, according to Box Office Mojo, the highest-grossing World War One movie of all time.
0: Oh, wow! No Unadjust,
2: unadjusted that? for you know inflation, but inflation, yeah. Um, you know, War Horse before Wonder Woman, War Horse was the 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 highest-grossing World War One movie at seventy-nine million. And and Wonder Woman is so far raked in 147 million as of this recording. So just oh, just a awesome. bit of trivia. I mean, if you consider World <laughs> Wonder Woman a World War One movie, uh, <laughs> it <I> is <laughs> it is the number one World War One movie of all time.
0: I love it. I love it. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I had not heard that. That's more good news for for the film and for the DC Extended Universe. Um, okay, so you provided a perfect segue into a topic I wanted to hit before we close out. And that is, what would Wonder Woman 2 look like? Now, did I understand you to say, Keith, that Patty Jenkins has said that, or, or I'm not sure who you attributed that to, but that it has been stated that a sequel would be a period piece also?
2: Uh, I don't know if Patty Jenkins said I think that is the speculation so far. The only the only confirmation Patty Jenkins has said about sequel is that it would take place in the United States. And it is happening. <laughs> but I think that you know the the hundred year gap between her debut and Batman versus Superman is so rife with story that yes, I wouldn't yes. I wouldn't want to skip over all of that just to to make any subsequent movie set, take place in a post Justice League world. I'd rather the Wonder Woman movies kind of be on their own timeline. Um, so I agree. I think that's probably more my kind of like wishful thinking necessarily than any confirmation. Um okay. but I think it only makes well, sense so that I, it would. I think it also needs to explain why, if Wonder Woman had such a you know momentous debut, that a hundred years mm-hmm. later no one's ever heard of her, right? Because like yeah. Batman is so it, surprised right? about who are you. It's like, well, didn't you hear about this like Superwoman who <laughs> won World War One? Uh, <laughs> how did you not know about that, Bruce Wayne? So there's got to be an explanation for what happens to Wonder Woman after that, you know.
0: That's a good point. uh, Yeah, I can see that, too. You've thought that out well. Um, Yeah, I'm with you in that. I would love to see that uh, the next film or any films be more period pieces because that is a large swath of time that you could really mine some interesting stories. Um, And uh, there was the moment, correct me if I'm wrong, you've seen it twice, and I only have the, the luxury of seeing it once, but... Doesn't she say when we return to modern times at the end of the film, and this is not a direct quote, but she says something to the effect of, like, you know, and this is why I do what I do, as if she has continued to do this type of thing Mm -hmm. throughout the century. She did say something like that. Yeah, I read too much into that, you know, because there was that moment in uh, Batman v. Superman where I I kind of thought, eh, well, did she just, you know, suffer some kind of burnout? Uh, you know, after a bad experience, and she threw in the towel on fighting evil actively, and now she 's just kind of being drawn back into the whole doomsday experience um she 's been uh, thrust back into the into the fray so um yeah, at the end of Wonder Woman, I thought, well, maybe yeah, maybe she 's had these moments where she has shown up and time uh, into the fight, so
2: you know, I just thought of something what. Because when you look at, you know, when you look at Batman Vs. Superman and Wonder Woman together, it, one thing that kind of doesn't make sense is, like I said, the fact that no one has heard of Wonder Woman. C- clearly, Wonder Woman is a new person to the people in the universe of Batman Vs. Superman. Well, Although she's been around for 100 years, right? The whole Her whole plot, hmm. plot in BVS is tracking down the photograph. Right. Maybe... The why she's tracking down the photograph is that she's trying to erase all, you know, evidence of her existence. And like, you know, hundred ah, years later, it becomes everything's an, okay. you know, maybe it was an urban myth about this Wonder Woman. And so, if she tracks down but, any evidence of her existence, then then she can continue yeah. being an urban legend. So maybe what that on first blush doesn't make a lot of sense in Batman vs Superman. To be honest, is like why mm-hmm. is she tracking this photograph down? And it's just a photograph um that clearly lex luther already knows about her he knows about everybody um maybe it's because she's trying to erase any evidence of of the actual yeah. existence of the wonder woman and that could be an interesting plot point
0: going forward that, that's a plausible explanation maybe. as far as i'm concerned. yeah maybe it's that's like good a way
1: for her to try and get back to themiscare or something or like i don't
0: know maybe yeah, we'll yeah,
2: see. That be, yeah, that could be that could be. See here, we. I hope Warner Brothers is listening because we're coming up with like excellent <laughs> plots. For Wonderful the ideas. Movie. Because then maybe the the plot of the second movie is that you know when she agreed to leave the island and kill the god, you know she wasn't supposed to reveal herself and reveal the existence of Themiscurans to the greater world, and now she's exiled from Themis. So like maybe the scene right after right is that she's trying to go back oh, to Themiscura, be- but Hippolyta, her mother, yeah. exiles her and says, "No, you revealed us to man." you cannot, you know, step foot on the island anymore, and and so she's, for a hundred years, she's trying to, you know, erase evidence of her existence, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's not as interesting as I thought it was
0: you have it, ladies and gentlemen we have cracked the code, we have figured it out
1: <laughs> I like that idea, let's go with it let's do it, Yeah.
2: Actually, give me a call
0: give me a call, <laughs> Patty <laughs> alright, well, before we move on, any last thoughts on Wonder Woman?
2: go see it again, yes. and again don't um,
1: see yeah, it. multiple times.
0: I
2: think it's going to be number one at the box office this weekend. I have a feeling. The Mummy has been feeling. getting like terrible reviews, and it, to be honest, it looks awful. I don't know if I'm Look, a- offending any Tom Cruise fans on the podcast.
1: I don't even know why they decided to do that. <laughs> Just, no, leave it alone.
2: So, I have a, it's <laughs> a good sense that Wonder Woman will be number one at the box office again.
0: Yeah, I think you're right, and I hope it has some staying power. Um, that always seems to get... It's the uh, media's attention, and uh, I'm eager for it to do well consistently and uh, continue to break box office records. So every time I – all the, the women that I work with, especially when they have daughters, I'm asking them, have you seen Wonder Woman yet? You haven't? Do it. Do it as soon as possible. Get to the theater. Um, an empowering experience. And so I'm noticing a lot of buzz where I work and where I, you know – carry on transactions and they are they are talking about the film and they're mentioning that they're hearing more and more about it so hopefully that type of electricity will continue
2: positive, positive um, word of mouth is the best thing for any movie
0: yes absolutely yes and we need it yes uh, DC fans we, we want it <laughs> and we need that uh, well I think we had uh, uh, one other news item a uh, action figure kind of news item sure. that Keith wanted to bring to our attention <laughs> so yeah, you're away
2: yeah, so um for for you listeners of DC Film Podcast, I um I'm a bit of a action figure nut. Uh I I I'm sitting in my office right now staring at the uh Mattel line of Wonder Woman action figures that I have sitting on my desk. Um so Mattel and Warner Brothers has just released a, a new website that you can click on to called jointheleague.com and at this website you can find news about they've revealed what the uh Six-inch multiverse action figure line for Justice League is going to look like. Um, so your your first look at six-inch versions of Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Cyborg, Batman, and hmm, Superman. What? And what? Um, spoiler: Superman's in <laughs> Justice League. And the coolest oh, thing? Man, that, I don't
1: think it was a spoiler. Coolest
2: thing I've seen on the website is that they're making a a scale version of the Justice League Batmobile that that fits oh, okay. the the Batman action figure. So that thing's gonna uh, go massive. And it's got like nice. electronics. It's got like it lights up the cannons, um, the turrets rotate. It's pretty it's a pretty cool toy. I'm not a huge fan of the design of the uh of the uh Justice League Universe Batmobile. I think it's got a little bit too many guns on it, but um I'm probably gonna buy it. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah. I so, would like to, yeah. I yeah, go to
2: jointheleague.com and, and you can check out. Um, why are we doing like a read from Mattel? Maybe Mattel should sponsor the DC Films podcast because we're just giving them a free ad be. read. But uh, go to join jointheleague.com. Tell them DC Films podcast send you and hopefully they'll send some toys our way.
0: God, wouldn't that be great? Yes.
1: I like toys. Toys
0: are good. <laughs> I really like Batman stuff. So if anyone's listening, please, yes.
2: Yeah, let's get on that. Andy. You should uh, hook up with Mattel. Get him to sponsor the podcast. <laughs> yeah,
1: we want toys, man.
0: All right. Well, um, yeah. Th- it's funny. It's late where I am right now, and yep. I, in spite of my fatigue after a long week of work, I feel really pumped about the news that we've talked about. I'm eager to go see Wonder Woman again. I'm eager for Justice League to be released. Um, so a lot of good stuff happening. And and again, shameless plug. Um, in the past week, I have watched Man of Steel, Batman v. Superman, the extended edition. And uh, then I just purchased Suicide Squad and saw the extended version. I've watched it probably two or three times in the past week. And, you know, for whatever you feel about the previous movies, I'm personally, I'm a big fan of all of them. And I really, I have found that they get better and better with repeated viewings. And uh, there's, in fact, Benita and I were talking tonight, even though we've both seen suicide squad i think together three times she commented on how many things she realized she had missed during previous viewings that made the film more enjoyable and so we committed that we're going to try to watch it one more time before the end of the weekend um so uh yeah do your best to uh support films and and uh and develop an appreciation for them even in those Areas where maybe you thought, ah, I'm not so sure I like this one as much, and maybe you never will. But um, I think by immersing yourself in that world from time to time uh, will prepare us for the films as they are released, the upcoming films, and then give us a greater appreciation for the ones that have been released. So, any other last comments? Go see Wonder Woman. Yeah. (laughs) That's pretty much the message here today. Go see Wonder Woman. Well, Keith, it was a pleasure having you this Thank first you. time. We look forward to you being a regular part of what we're doing here. And um, Shana, as usual, it's always good to hear your perky personality come over the airwaves. You can interact with each of us uh, individually or collectively uh, through social media. And so, where can we, where can the people reach each of us, Keith?
2: Oh, uh, sure. Um... So you can find me on Twitter at the real chow. That's the underscore real underscore chow. Also find me at the nerds of color. That's all one word. And uh, the pod, the DC podcast that I host, DC TV Classics, is at DCTVClassics. Classics. Uh, we, our most recent episode is actually a Wonder Woman centric episode about the Linda Carter um, TV show. So, uh, yeah, find me on all those platforms. I actually have a Hard Knock Life with my other podcast through the Nerds of Color, and we're going to be celebrating the 25th anniversary of Batman Returns on our uh, next upcoming episode.
0: You are my friend. Oh, that's awesome.
1: <laughs> Ooh, I went in on that.
0: Yes, me too. And Shano, where can the fine folks find you?
1: Um, you can find me on Twitter at JokerGirl without the I, so it's just G-R-L. And I also run the DC Films Podcast social media pages, so mostly it's me talking there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, and so you can find me uh, on Twitter at Holy Bat Pastor. and uh, I haven't been as active recently. I've had a lot going on in life, um, but uh, I should be making a, a uh, more visible return soon, and yes, I will respond if you reach out to me, so... Um, We're so grateful that you've been with us, and we look forward to our next episode. And until then, we'll see y'all later.